with one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for episode 36 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Digital Federal Credit Union, better known by all of us as DCU. And now more than ever, every dollar counts. And DCU, they totally understand that. And they've got ways to help you get your money to work harder for you. I mean, that is the point, right? Like if you love your car, but not your current auto loan, refinancing with DCU could put you back in the driver's seat with a lower monthly payment. They offer the same low rates to their members for new and used vehicles. So you can find out what DCU could mean to you and your current auto loan when you refinance with them. So visit dcu.org for more information. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by mistresscarry.com, which is filled with all kinds of great stuff. It's got every episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast on there, and not just the full-length episodes that come out every Wednesday, but it's also got the sit rep that comes out every Monday through Friday that gives you all of your rock news, music headlines, and industry info in less than five minutes plus every episode of Cocktails in the War Room. There's 117 of them now. And when we have a guest in the War Room every Tuesday night at 8.30, well, that gets put up as a bonus content for an after-action report on the podcast as well. Plus, there's the events calendar that's filled with virtual streaming concerts, rock documentaries, and so much more. My blog is up there, and right now it features a Valentine's playlist to make your Valentine's weekend oh so much more romantic. And of course, it's got the online Mistress Carrie store that's filled with cool gear from t-shirts and hoodies, beanies to keep you warm this winter, pint glasses, shot glasses, and all kinds of stuff to outfit your awesome new home office. Just head to mistresscarry.com. Okay, this week's guest is an absolute badass. Dr. Sadie Allison is unbelievable. I talked to her several times on my radio show at WAF over the years. She's a doctor of human sexuality. She's an entrepreneur. She's an author who has sold over 2 million books. She's the founder and CEO of Tickle Kitty Incorporated. And she has helped thousands and thousands and thousands of men and women to get their sex life on track. She basically gives out orgasms. And I thought this would be a great podcast episode leading up to Valentine's Day. You've been locked in the house. You've been wearing sweatpants every day. And you can't get away from your kids. How are you supposed to keep your relationship happy and healthy and moving forward in the middle of the COVID-19 lockdown. Well, Dr. Sadie and I talked about that. We also talked about parenting tips to talk about sex with your kids, who you've been around way more lately since the day they were born. We talked about stigmas and what kinds of things people have been getting into 
since they've been locked in the house. She's got some great Valentine's ideas and gift ideas. And we even talked about rock music. And I think you're going to be shocked at the rock music she thinks is the sexiest. Dr. Sadie is intelligent. She's hardworking. She is an expert in her field. She is upfront, honest, and God, is she hot. She's got the whole package. So if you're going to take sex advice from anybody, allow me to introduce you to Dr. Sadie Allison. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. I have so lovely pretty eyes. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stan. And you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. This is Marilyn Manson, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to. You have the privilege of listening to. Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Hello, Dr. Sadie. Good morning. Wait, let me put my glasses on, too, so we can both, we can <laughs> both be very studious <laughs> with our glasses on. So we can see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I uh, like yours. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. That's why I wanted to have you on this week, because the big valentine's day thing is happening this weekend that's right thank you for having me on it's good to talk to you again and see you this time yeah it's nice to be able to see you but yeah valentine's day i love valentine's day it is the uh, season of love and it's a good opportunity for people to actually take that step to do something special that sometimes we're all trying to do but it kind of gets put on the back burner so even though it can be considered a hallmark holiday it's also a little burner under your butt to really get up and do something and really respark your love life. I'm fascinated by what you do because on one hand, it's something that everyone deals with in their relationship, but at the same time, it's something that's so hard for people to talk about. And I feel like now that people are going on almost a year of being on some kind of COVID restriction and lockdown, that your relationship is getting tested in one way or another. I think when when we can all leave the house, divorce attorneys, I think, are going to be cashing in in a major way. And so are OBGYNs <laughs> with the baby boom, depending uh-huh. on how your relationship is going. That's right. That's right. That is what's going on. We've got people that are realizing that they like because everyone always has little things in their relationships and the day to day, small nuances and irritations. But being stuck at home with your partner is amplified. So a lot of people are realizing, you know what, we weren't meant to be together. It's time. And now I'm really pushed over the edge. So there's a ton of divorces going on. Um, There's also a lot of people getting married quickly because they're realizing, wow, life's short. I mean, look at what's going on. We could. That's what happened to me. I got married at the end of August. And was it was it really did did COVID have something to do with that kind of saying, hey, you know what? 
Um, it, it was that it was he's military and was getting ready to deploy again. And it was just one of those things where we were like, you know what? We just want to get married. We got engaged and we got married nine days later because we were just like, we just don't want to wait. Let's oh, my God. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah, it was it was very cool. It was nice. We got married in the yard and, you know, we didn't just need to have nine. peace and beer in the yard. Oh, great. That's great. It was very cool. Do. Yeah, you know, it was um, fun. And then um, on the flip side. A lot of people have taken the opportunity of having a little extra time to actually get more in touch with themselves through self-pleasure. That would that would be the women actually saying, you know what, I think I will finally do this. I've been intimidated to do it, a little concerned. Um, and then also couples are actually exploring more in the bedroom and they're doing things they haven't had time to explore and, and getting past the quickie phase, but doing things and even more kinkier things. So when you look at product sales, and I've been talking to some of the manufacturers I work with, they said rope, blindfolds, spanking toys, bondage, those kind of things people are really like buying the hell out of right now, as well as anal toys. Before we start diving into all of these toys, because you sent me a box of stuff too, can we go into your background a little bit? Because sure. the purpose of this interview is not to just be like, hey, let's talk about dirty stuff, but there's a lot of real scientific medical information and you're a doctor. So what mm -hmm. what is your what is your degree and what did you study? Well, I have a doctorate in human sexuality. Although before that, I studied French, <laughs> believe it or not. So I have a BA in French from San Diego State. It's a very but, sexy language. Bien sûr, j'aime bien le français. So I started off in high school as a sex advice chick. Like it was just my calling. It came natural. I was uninhibited. I was having a good time. And none of my girlfriends were having good sex. And, you know, girls talk, they share information. And I was always amazed at how many of my friends had boyfriends, were having sex, and weren't having pleasure, um, and didn't, didn't even think they liked sex. And I said, really? No way. And so for me, it was the total opposite. And I said, well, have you at least had an orgasm? And most of the time, they said no. And I said, wow, well, do you masturbate? And they'd say, oh, oh my God, how can you ask me that? Really shy, embarrassed. I'm going to burn in hell, they said, if I do that. Yeah. So a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of girls and women grow up with a lot of shame and guilt surrounding sex put on them from religion or parents or society or so I took it upon myself because I wanted to help my friends and I said well let me tell you how to self-pleasure so that you can at least do it for yourself and once you understand your own body you can then know what to expect you can teach your lover you can guide your lover and you know what's out there for you because otherwise you just the people are ignorant they just don't know what the pleasure that they deserve so that um, one thing led to the next. Um, I ended up being called Little Dr. Ruth. <laughs> that was my nickname back in the day. Continued being an advice giver through high school, college, after college. I was in the corporate world. And one day I said, gosh, I have taught so many women how to have an orgasm by telling them step one, two, three, that they just didn't know about their bodies. They didn't know about lubrication. They didn't know about techniques. I said, I should take what I know and write a write a manual or something, and then I can give it away and, and help more people. So that idea evolved. I ended up putting together 30 pages of content in a Word document from just research that I was doing. And three years later, I said, wow, this there's so much great information that I learned, and I already knew more than everyone I spoke to. This could be a book or something. And I never tried to be, I never wanted to be a publisher or a journalist or anything. And I was like, can I just make a book? Like, how do you make a book? And I learned the term self-publishing, 
I didn't even know that term. And so I ended up writing my first book called Tickle Your Fancy, A Woman's Guide to Sexual Self-Pleasure. And then I ended up writing five more and they all became bestsellers because there's- You've sold over 2 million books and you're self-publishing everything. Yeah. Yeah. And getting out there and promoting and finding my own distributors and promotional avenues and trade shows. And yeah, I just like had that entrepreneurial spirit. And then I had the sex knowledge and I had a product I made it into, which are my series of Tickle Kitty books and uh, went from there. So it's been a really amazing 20 years. This March will be 20 years that I've been doing this. I interview a lot of bands, a lot of musicians, and I always ask the question about when they got to the point where they realized this is what they knew they wanted to do. And the conversation that you have with a parent or you're both parents and you sit them down and you're like, no, 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 I don't want to be a lawyer. I, I, I want to be a rock star or whatever. And, and how your parents are going to handle that for you. You're like, I want to be a doctor, which would be every parent's dream. And then you're like a sex doctor. And they call me little Dr. Ruth. Like how was that <laughs> conversation with parents? Cause I would imagine having their daughter be nicknamed little Dr. Ruth might be a little hard to deal with. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, I have um, my whole history, my childhood, my upbringing, very tumultuous. I have a lot of stories there. So I actually didn't have parents in my life, haven't for a long time. So I was literally just kind of a lost soul at one point, just finding my way. I was a cocktail waitress. I was going to nightclubs. I was just doing my thing. Working in the corporate world, I didn't have a college degree. I was still career focused, but I always wanted my own business. And... I was doing the sex education thing as a hobby and I was, I loved it because you know, the, that term, the, the gift of giving. So every time I taught someone how to have her own orgasm and then a lady would come back and tell me that it worked, that gave me so much joy. I thought I was giving her the joy, but really knowing I taught her how to do something so special that gave me so much joy. It kept me going. So what I, um, I kind of just like evolved into it and, um, didn't have parents to, to tell me no. <laughs> It really does. I mean, anytime you do any kind of charity work, it is amazing how helping other people does help you in return. And I think especially over the last year, there have been so many people that are either unaffected by COVID and the economy because their jobs are essential or so you're either working way too hard right now, the frontline workers, first responders, all of those kind of people. And then there's people that aren't working hard enough. And I've seen it where there have been so many people that are like, you know what? I'm really fortunate that everyone in my family is working and the kids are taking to homeschooling and they want to find this philanthropic endeavor or something to help give back because even though their lives are good, they still feel like they want to help other people. So I can understand, and especially with women, we're not exactly raised to have these open conversations, it's not okay because if you talk about sex too early, you're just a whore. Right, right. Yeah, I have two teenage daughters and it's uh, even in their generation now, it's so different. There's this term thought. I don't know if you've heard it, if you're around teens, but I didn't know what that was and it means that hoe over there, T-H-O-T. And I said, oh, um, so it's just like, it's a whole new world where the hookup culture even where... In, in my generation, you would date, there would be chivalry, courtship, wait three dates or more, get to know someone. Now, 
kids are doing stuff on the first date. It's normal for a woman to give man pleasure orally. And if you do it, you're a slut. If you don't do it, you're a prude. And so, and thank it's, you, Bill Clinton. <laughs> right. So that's totally like normal. And girls are conditioned to not expect anything in return either. So I make sure I tell my girls like, hey, that's not normal to just give and not have it reciprocated and have a mutually beneficial, enjoyable relationship with someone, whether it's a hookup or not, it's a two-way thing. And you should want that for yourself too. So it's, it's pretty crazy. It's got to be hard for teenage daughters to have their mom be a sex therapist, too, because I've had so many people like I talked to Slash from Guns N' Roses and he told me a story how at one point his kid wanted him to drop him off for school down the block. And your dad Slash and you're embarrassed about your parents because that's a shared experience that every kid is just like, oh, those are my parents. Mm -hmm. That's my mom. And you're, you know, a foremost expert on sex. <laughs> yeah, it has it has been something. And it's interesting. My daughter's 14, almost 15. And she's making a lot more friends now that her high school opened up a little bit, partially. And I'm meeting some of her friends' parents. And everyone asks, what do you do? What do you do? And, and so far, they haven't asked me directly, but they've asked her because she's been at their house. And so I've actually coached her along the way to say, mommy's a businesswoman. She's an entrepreneur and she's a sex educator and writes books that helps people with relationships. So I kind of give her, you know, that kind of thing. But I think she's becoming more comfortable with it. And I'm teaching her more about what I do just from the business side of things. And she likes it. And so I think she's proud of me now. And she even asked me for a vibrator recently, which shocked me. So that's not abnormal. First of all, she's seen them around. I usually keep them all hidden, but once in a while, she might see one at the office or something. And it, for a long time, it was like, ill, gross, those things. They look weird. Then she learned how to self-pleasure, as children do. They don't know it's sexual. They're not being perverts or anything. They're just yeah, like... they just know it feels good. Yeah. They're like, oh, that felt good when the blanket got pulled and it rubbed me right there. I think I'll do that again. So they learn how to pleasure themselves. And, you know, we, we teach them, tell them what that is. And it's private. And no one should ever be talking to you about that or touching you there. And so recently she said, mommy, can I, can I have a vibrator? And at first I didn't want to give it to her because I was like, gosh, I don't want to expedite where she might be going and I want to be careful about her sex life and directing it in the right way. And I spoke with some of my peers and they said, first of all, if she's asking for it, she's ready. If she's already knowing about self-pleasure, she's there. So why not let her have a little vibrator? And we're just talking like one that you use topically, you know, on the pleasure spot. And they said, um, you know, with kids and teenagers, if they don't get it from you as your parent, they're going to get it elsewhere. So you want to be the person to give her the right kind of toys, the right quality toys. Well, she came to you, too, which is a huge thing for parents, that if your kid actually feels comfortable enough to actually come and talk to you about it, mm -hmm. that shows that that trust and communication line is open. That's a good thing. And you want that because if you don't give it to them, if you don't give them that knowledge, they're going to get it elsewhere and it's going to be misinformation and can send them down the wrong road. It's either going to be clippets of information from their friends or the internet or porn, whatever other information they're consuming all day long with these mobile devices. You want to interject the right information so that at least they have that to kind of like make up their own decisions as they go. Um, one time we had a conversation with our 17-year-old and we had found that she had watched a video about um, some some YouTube star kid and he was making he was making jokes about 
um, date rape and how if you're dressed in the short skirt and kind of victim blaming. And so we saw that she had seen this video. So I said, you know what? I want to use this opportunity to have a conversation with her. She's not in trouble for watching this stuff because it's going to happen. But I want to make sure she has the full picture. So I said, so what do you think about that? Do you think it's 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 okay that that happens to women? And it's like, if she dresses like that, she's asking for it. She goes, well, if she's going to, you know, look like a slut, then, and I, and I was like, okay, so let me tell you the other side of the story here and why that's not okay to look at it like that. So it gave me the opportunity to kind of shift how she was thinking. And I'm really glad we had that conversation because absolutely no one ever has the right to put their hands on you. No, even if you're naked <laughs> walking down the street, that doesn't well, body mean- <laughs> autonomy is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And, and to, to just know that you have control over what happens with your own body, even at the very last moment, you to be able to change your mind or, I mean, I remember, you know, growing up the, that victim blaming, I mean, we still like the Monica Lewinsky thing. I mean, all of these steps have gotten us to the point now where it's like, yeah, no, that stuff's just not okay. But these are lessons hard learned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's changing now though, which is great. And I think it's up to the parents to educate their children what's right and wrong and how to treat people. And that goes for the boys too. You want your, you want your young boy to grow up to be in a, a nice man that's respectful and thoughtful and courteous and honest with integrity, treat women uh, politely and with respect. And I teach my girls to only want guys like that, you know, cause you're gonna have all kinds. And so you have to sift through it and take your time to get to know someone. So it's up to the parents to have the sex talks and the talks about how they want their children to grow up and be as adults. It's a really weird situation with COVID that it's put parents in this this position that they weren't prepared for, not only to become educators and to be supervising their kids at home learning, but I think parents have more access to their kids because the kids, the families are stuck in the in the house together so much that this is kind of a, a rare opportunity to be able to teach some of these lessons that it might have been more difficult when everybody's coming and going and running through the house and on their way to soccer practice and you never have time to even sit down and have dinner together. It's like now you're forced to communicate. That's right. But there's still the hurdle of the uncomfortable conversations. And I encourage everyone to just take that step. You know, I have a girlfriend and she's got two teen daughters and they never talked about sex in the house. And my girlfriend, she grew up in a household where sex was never talked about, and she was even body shamed by both her parents. So she is a 55-year-old woman who has insecurities, who has issues with sex, and now she's starting to understand why, and we talk about that. And I said, gosh, so, so you see how the body shaming that you got from your parents, how that can mess you up as a woman and in your current relationship and in your intimacy life. I said, do you talk to your girls about it so that they don't have that same... And she said, no, we haven't talked about sex. It's just one of those things. And I was like, why? It's so important. And so I encouraged her to, and now she is. And I even gave her a little package of vibrators for her daughters who are 18 and 17. And they're having conversations now and it's kind of normalized. And the one, her one daughter said, hey, I tried one and it was pretty cool and told her mom. And she goes, oh my God, Sadie, thank you for giving me this gift that I gave to my daughter. So now they don't have to grow up feeling that it's not something that you have to keep hush hush. One of the, one of the things that is more complicated by all of this quality family time in the house is 
when your kids were at soccer practice or at a sleepover at a friend's house, it always gave busy parents a chance to kind of have the run of the house. And with Valentine's Day coming up, but not just because of Valentine's Day, I thought it would be a really interesting conversation to have with you because couples are now spending way more time together than they ever did. And they have all this access to each other. And at the same time, it's not like everyone's wearing sweatpants all the time. And it's mm-hmm. not, there's no effort to put into relationships. And and little things are getting annoying with your partner because you're spending more time with them. So I was really curious to talk about how your relationship could be improved based on the difficulties that COVID has placed on it. That yeah. an already strained mm-hmm. relationship has been made more strained or... That's right. Um, it's tough. You know, there's, I, I wish there was like an easy answer, but really it's just like anything else. You have to prioritize the health of that part of your life. And so with relationships, taking space, it's really important. That's something my partner and I do because we're together all the time too. And John and I work together. So we do our own things. He goes, he swims in the ocean out here. I love to go for my walks and my hikes. And we do that together sometimes. But when we know we need to like deliberately make space for ourselves, we do that. We also in our home, we stay apart from each other. Sometimes I'll go in my bedroom and read and he'll be in the living room watching TV. So really, there's not a magical answer, but it's really kind of thinking like, how can we what do we need? We need space is the number one thing for most people. So whatever that takes, and even if it means not doing some of the things that you would normally do together. And then also when it comes to intimacy, making the effort to do it and saying, you know, making that date night, let's say you were already in a dry spell before COVID and now you're still in a dry spell. One of the things you have to do is sometimes you schedule it. And once you do that, something magical can happen where you kind of start to look forward to it. Or maybe you'll start planning a little something in your head or what you might wear that night. Or, you know what, maybe I'll bring a toy and surprise them. So you kind of have to put some extra effort into creating something that could be a little better for yourselves. And that that just takes a little bit of thought and a little bit of desire and say, you know what, I want this to be right or better than it can be. So put a little effort into it. I have a lot of friends that have, because of the economy, trying to find reliable employment And a lot of friends working, delivering packages, Amazon or whoever, and they all joke about the number of vibrators and dildos that they're probably delivering on a daily basis in those cardboard boxes. (laughs) It's very true. Um, Sales for sex toys and pleasure products skyrocketed with COVID, as well as alcohol, marijuana, and porn. And those are the categories every time there's a, a recession even, People are looking for cheap entertainment because, you know, expensive dinners and trips is too expensive during a recession. And now that we're even stuck at home, not just in a recession or in a financial crisis, people are in the house. So what do you have to do other than go outside and walk and stay distance? What can we do in the house for some entertainment? So that's where those items come into play. And it's something that can help you kind of spice things back up in the bedroom, which people have more time to focus on now. One of the things that I've heard people talk about when they come up with a new idea, that they, they want to try something, whether it be the guy, the girl, it, who, however your relationship is structured, it's always bringing up that curiosity thing for the first time 
and running the risk of like, well, where did you see that? Or where did you get that idea? <laughs> and or, or did you learn that from someone else? Or where did mm-hmm. that? So when you've got somebody that maybe has had this fantasy for a long time and it's just been in their head and they're trying to work up the nerve to talk to their husband or their wife or their partner about this, how do you how do you get that person to kind of muster up the courage or strength or whatever because they might feel that they're not going to get the reaction from their partner that they're looking for? Yeah, that's a good question. I always suggest to ease into it. You know your partner better than anyone. So some people might be okay with it. Some, if you know they're going to be caught off guard or maybe it's a wild fantasy, um, you can kind of test the waters. So one thing might be to get, let's say you have a fantasy about men that like to put women's nylons on their heads, which, which is a fetish. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of that one. I was trying to think of something mild. <laughs> so, so one thing might be to get a little clip from YouTube of a piece of uh, adult entertainment that has a little scene with someone doing that and be like, oh, honey, look at this. Look what I found. Or my friend sent this to me or this just popped up on my screen. What do you think of that? Isn't that interesting? And see their reaction. So you can kind of ease into it to get a reaction without coming straight forward about, I want you to do this. You know, for example. Like um, how, how many ideas are people getting from TikTok right now? Oh, my God. Which goes into that whole conversation about you. It's like, you know, you could tell your kids to just tell people you're an accountant. Because according <laughs> to TikTok, you're an accountant. It's oh, it's amazing. My daughter comes into the kitchen with new recipes and new workout programs. And did you know this and that? And I'm like, where did you learn all that? TikTok. TikTok. I learned yeah. how to clean my glass cooktop in my kitchen on TikTok. It's a, it's an, I don't use TikTok that much, but from what I hear, my girlfriends that do and from my kids, it's an amazing resource as well as a time suck. Yeah, but, it's a total uh, time suck. But what's really <laughs> interesting is looking at, because there's an algorithm, right? So the more videos about a subject that you watch, the more it feeds you. So it's really interesting when you look at someone else's TikTok feed and all of a sudden, all of these, like my TikTok feed and my husband's TikTok feed are very different. And mm-hmm. it's very funny to kind of, if I'm looking through his TikTok and we're together, it's like, what have you been watching that the algorithm is uh-huh. sending you more of this kind of stuff? <laughs> yep. Yep. You can't get around that one because yeah. those algorithms are good. Yep. Did you see that uh, Netflix special? I think it's called The Social Dilemma. I haven't watched it because everybody told me that I need to be in the right mood because it's going to make me really, really mad. That's it's probably stuff you already kind of know. Yeah, but it is it's really informative. It's and it's well done. I don't think you'll get that mad, but you'll just be like, I knew it. And yeah, yeah. you might be a little you might be a little mad. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those things where everybody knows it's happening because you could just have a conversation with your friend with your phone in your pocket. And yeah. And then the ads the next day are for exactly what you guys were talking about. And there's no other way that that would have just showed up all of a sudden. I know. It's creepy and scary. I know my partner hates it. He's a tech engineer and he's like really into security and all this. Like we have one of the Alexa Amazon machines in the kitchen that you talk to and do your grocery list and plays music. And people say that you're being recorded all the time. Like, it's not just us using our thing, but there's a recording device that's sending all our conversations in somewhere. Well, speaking yeah, no of price. sex, the Super Bowl, I thought one of the funniest ads was the new Alexa commercial. And it, it talks about how it's got a new body shape and that the woman imagines that her Alexa is Michael B. Jordan. Oh. 
And so it's all about like her in the tub with Michael B. Jordan because she's telling Alexa to like play music. And now her real husband is getting mad because she's spending all this time with Alexa because in her head, it's Michael B. Jordan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. And you know what? If you're fantasizing about someone else, it's not cheating. It's just a fantasy. And we're all allowed to them. And it's healthy, by the way. One of the one of the things I wanted to talk to you about because this is a mu- it's a rock lifestyle podcast. That's how I kind of describe it. And when you're talking about about whether it be Valentine's Day or anything, and trying to strengthen the sexual relationship that you have with your partner, especially in COVID, can you talk about the importance of all of the senses? Sure. And I bring it up because I feel like music is such an important part in in this whole thing. Um, and I thought your take on it would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, the senses are, are are everything because it's there's so much variety that you can do with that. So one of the thing is sensory deprivation. That is super fun. So if you just put a simple blindfold over your partner's eyes, and that could even just be with a scarf or something you have at the house, all of a sudden you remove a sense, the other four are heightened. And you have the mental stimulation of not knowing what's coming or, or what they're using to touch and glide across your body. So like there's so much play that you can do with the senses and smells and aphrodisiacs that you could eat and um, pheromones are super important too. So some people get turned on by certain smells, whether that be roses or, or strawberries that you're going to crush and like rub on someone's body. So like really exploring with your partner and having these talks it's really comes down to communication too like what do you like do you want to try this or i thought you might like this what do you think or surprise your partner with something but yeah the the different types of sensations too they have all kinds of products that uh like they have a little spin wheel it's like just a, a metal handle and it's got like little wheel at the end with tiny little sh- uh, little sharp points it's kind of for the, you know, S&M scene, but it's something that you can use lightly and you just roll it across your lover's body. And all of a sudden they get these little sensations that can send chills up their body and you might find you like it on certain spots too. So playing with the senses is a whole area of foreplay that can lead into great sex. I've always said on the radio for years that if sex was music, it would be Led Zeppelin. How do you feel about that? <laughs> That's one great group. <laughs> it would also be Rush. Oh! I, love some of the, I love some of the Rush songs. I just jammed out to them the other night. Just, yeah. Which is not a common thing. Rush doesn't get a lot of credit for bringing in the ladies. Tom Sawyer, that song, Tom Sawyer. I just, I don't know. Growing up in the 80s, my brother used to play it. He was into heavy metal and Black Sabbath and Deep Purple. And he, he was, and I was into pop music, listening to Madonna and Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson. But I really love some of the, some of the rock songs from the 80s. So whatever floats your boat, you know, you were talking about the senses and sound. Music for me, I used to be um, into nightclubbing when I was younger and I'd go dancing to house music, you know, like uppity beat, pop dance. And when I hear that kind of music and I blast it, it just brings me back to some of those days where I had so many fun nights and it can get that emotion back into your body so that when you're making love again, you have a lot of memories that might come up. You have those feelings of of wellness and fun and excitement that you may have had. And so like putting on that music just changed the whole ambiance for you. Well, the people wonder why 
formats in radio like classic rock can be so popular and it's because that music is attached to amazing memories that the people have and that they get to relive those memories when they hear those songs over and over which is why they want to hear those songs over and over it's so important the music is so powerful so many different ways i love prince that's that was my number one yeah, that's pretty much just sex on a stick music. Too. Yeah, he and you know what's so funny between him and Madonna in the '80s, um, Prince's lyrics. He, I think he was probably the original sex lyric artist that I could remember that got as nasty as he went. Nowadays, it's WAP and everything else, but <laughs> you know. Um, but Prince was talking about you know blowjobs and love you all night long and and make you. I was just and I was like. 12, 13, singing his lyrics out loud, not probably understanding what they were just yet. Well, he had, but, it had to be in code before that to get played on the radio and stuff. It's like all of that, that early like 50s and 60s music. I mean, even like to Led Zeppelin, like the Lemon Song, like they had to use code and innuendo because otherwise mm-hmm. it, would, it would have been banned and been considered vulgar and never gotten played on the radio. But yeah, Prince definitely just kind of threw it all out there. Yes, he did. And I, I love him for it. And, and I think and surrounded himself with like hot, sexy women, but they were also empowered women. Like you mm-hmm. look at, it wasn't normal to have an all female band back then. I mean, Sheila E's getting ready to come out with a, she's making a, um, a movie about the time that she oh, spent she in Prince's band. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. But I think his lyrics instilled something in me. And then I ended up getting, you know, talking about sex. I think that was a big part of what shaped me into becoming a sex educator. That was Prince. Well, there you go, Prince. <laughs> Prince did it. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where when you look at pop culture, it does have an effect on things. And when we started talking, you were talking about the different types of sex toys and things that are are selling more than others. What effect do you think things like 50 shades of gray has had on pop culture and on people's relationships because people from the bdsm world 50 shades of gray to them is like a punchline but Mm -hmm. to most soccer moms it's so risque yeah it was risque but the biggest thing that 50 shades did was it gave women permission to come out of their shells and to embrace their sexuality. However that might be, even if they weren't into BDNSM or any of that, and they just was like, you know, she's having pleasure. She's enjoying herself. She's confident. I, I deserve that too. And I should stop holding myself back. So it really just opened up the doors for women to kind of come out of their shells and explore how whatever angles they went to. And I, I really, I, I did hear people say that the, the storyline, the book itself, the writing even, and the BDSM, of course, it was a movie, but it really changed and it was like a good, it was a movement. It's kind of like the Me, the Me Too movement and what that did for opening people's eyes to what's been going on. So it was the same kind of thing. Um, and that's really inspired people to become more open and to know that women deserve pleasure too. And it's your birthright. You can ask for it. You can turn away lovers that don't want to give it to you. And so it really helped give women confidence and empowerment. When it comes to, you know, the the rope and all of those things that are selling like crazy right now, there is such a movement for women to be empowered. And then on the other hand, 
for a woman to choose to be submissive. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these kinds of things don't make sense for people that, well, if you want to be submissive, then why, then why have you been fighting for equal treatment? Why weren't you just happy when you were submitting? But is, <laughs> I mean, can you go through the, you're the doctor here. Yeah. It's different. We're talking about the bedroom, you know, different scenarios, different situations, uh, you know, so and sometimes the people want to be submissive. Sometimes they want to be dominant too. So it's really, there are no no real boundaries or black and white lines that you can draw. And everyone has the right to a variety of different demeanors that they want to be in. You know. And when it comes to men to submit to a woman when they're taught to be so macho, and then when it comes to certain areas of the body, like when you're talking about anal toys or whatever, there are such stigmas that the world... As far as it's come, there's still so many hurdles to get over with some of this stuff. There, there is, but it has been changing. It has been changing. One of the biggest groups of men that actually hire dominatrixes to dominate them, and they are the submissive ones, are very successful businessmen, like very high-powered men, because they're in such powerful positions with pressure and a lot of decisions, and they're dealing with a lot of stuff, they just want to be the complete opposite. And so some of these big, big businessmen are hiring dominatrixes to just just put them on the bottom and do their thing. It's very interesting. Um, and, and also, you know, a lot of more men are opening up to backdoor play because the rule of thumb is, no, you're not gay if a woman is doing it to you. And it's another erogenous zone on your body, so you don't have to segregate it. And um, there's a pleasure spot, the prostate. There's a whole other way to orgasm if you were just open to that pleasure zone. And so it, it takes being with the right person. It takes getting over a mindset that that means you're gay or exit only. You know, there's, there's a lot of guys out there that just kind of have their one-way mind. But more and more are realizing, hey, you know, I actually liked that. Or I was with a woman that introduced it to me and, and what she did felt good. And we started slow. And she knew what she was doing. That's the important thing, too. You know, and I wrote a book called Tickle My Tush that actually covers all the um, the the how to's of how to get into butt play and how to start really slow and how to work your way up. And some of the things you need to know, like lubrication, you have to use lubrication because it doesn't lubricate on its own like the vagina does. And so that's where a lot of guys and girls go wrong when they try and play in that area and why it can hurt because you're not using lubricants. You have to use it. Um, so just really important, important things and, and going slow. But a lot, a lot more guys are doing it more than you'd realize. And during COVID, because people are like, hey, better, better now than never. Now's the time. I have more time. I, I guess I'll just try something new. So it really just takes a little courage to. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. You know, it's just something to explore and expand your horizon and you won't know unless you try. One of the things that's crazy, especially here in Massachusetts, and I know it's been this way in California for a long time, and I think in the next few years we're going to see national legalized marijuana. I just think mm-hmm. that it's it it's just going to get there. I think the country's ready for it. I think they're starting to understand the revenue that is available through tax revenue and licensing and all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And with that comes a whole other line of CBD products that are now readily available. And when you talk about lubrication, you now have CBD 
lubricant. You actually sent me a whole box of stuff that I have in my studio. I right did. Now. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the white the Go Love CBD lube is what you're talking about there. Yeah. So the first thing that I want to talk about with this stuff because there's a lot of people that listen to my show that are um, in law enforcement, military, people that even though marijuana and all those products might be legal in the state or legal in many states, because that federal hurdle hasn't gotten over, I hear from people all the time that they're just, I can't even go near that stuff because I can't afford to pop positive on a test or something. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about CBD stuff and, and sure. drug testing and kind of alleviate people's concerns with that? Sure. Well, the, well, the, 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 the federal, the, the guidelines on THC and CBD is that you can have a CBD product, which you have in your hands, that's hemp based. And it has to have less than 0.03% THC in it in order to be legal and able to be sold outside a dispensary on our website, which is golovecbd.com or in the stores where you see CBD. If it has any more than that, then it's not, it's, it's not okay. Our product only has CBD isolate, which means out of the cannabis plant, we take just that compound. And so there's actually zero THC at all. And so he won't show up on a drug test. Other CBD products, though, if they're under the 0.3, can have small trace amounts of THC. And Nothing that to get can... you high, but that could still show up on a test. Yes, yes. So we always advise if you're using a product that has, say, full spectrum CBD in it, which is the oil that has all of the plant, and they extract all the THC out and might be that teeny bit, it can show up on a test. So if you're picking out a CBD product, you want to make sure that if, if you're going to have be, be tested, that it has 0% THC, and you can only have that if it's made with CBD isolate. I'm glad I asked you because I had no idea about anything that you were just talking about. Because <laughs> I'm not, I work in rock and roll, like we don't drug test it, <laughs> right. nobody cares what we're doing. Yeah, a lot of people ask us that, it's important. And we always say don't risk it. People ask also, can you breastfeed? Um, and use CBDs, it. and just like it's kind of we 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 kind of say it's just like if you're going to have a glass of wine, there's alcohol in there. Are you comfortable with that? Because a tiny small trace can get through to the baby through your breast milk. So it's really a personal decision on how comfortable you are. Um, but definitely the drug test, we say, unless you know the manufacturer has their COAs on their website, which is certificate of analysis that actually shows that your CBD was lab tested and certified and it has all the, the, the trace amounts of whatever was in the cannabis plant. So you wanna do a little research if it's something you're concerned about. When you talk about lubricant, people can get pretty creative at home when they don't have the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about things that you just shouldn't be using? Because I know that people locked at home with COVID are looking around the house and they're like, What's up with that olive oil or that Vaseline or like Mm. about why you shouldn't be using certain things? Sure. Especially to the guys that don't have the anatomy that would be most affected by this. Right. I was just going to say guys are kind of okay with certain things. They don't have the same sensitivity that women have. We have our pH balance. We have natural acids. There's there's a lot more going on in sensitivities. So stay away from any uh, petroleum oil, Vaseline those kind of products, hand lotions and things like that. Don't use those. I actually, um, if you have olive oil 
that can be okay. Some people use that if you know that it's a clean brand. But I always recommend staying away from any household items because they're not made for your the female genital zone. Use a product that's actually created for it and has the right kind of ingredients that aren't going to irritate or cause yeast infections or trap bacteria, which oils can do. Um, also, if you're going to be using condoms and you use an oil-based product, that can deteriorate the latex. And so it can break. Baby so that's some, boom, 2021. Yeah, by accident. You don't want that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you need to be aware of that if you're going to use condoms and oil. So use um, a quality sex lubricant if you're going to use a lube. And that's one thing that we did with Go Love CBD Lube was we worked with a PhD formulation scientist to help us create a water-based product that was body safe with all food grade natural ingredients for a woman's body, pH balanced. So it works with the natural chemistry and water-based so that it's not going to actually trap bacteria and cause UTIs or yeast infections, which happens too. When people are looking, they can go to your website, which is ticklekitty.com, which has all the information about you and it has your whole store and info on all of your books. I mean, there's just so much information and you have always been someone that's done so much promotion. You're always willing to do interviews and really talk about this stuff, which I appreciate because I've had you on the show before. Um, if you're if you're looking for Valentine's Day to maybe gift some things um, for a husband or a wife that is is looking to maybe... I don't know, surprise, and you're not really sure what you're doing. Like, can you give some suggestions on some of the things? Because you sent me a whole box of stuff, and there's there's all kinds of stuff in this box. Did you? <laughs> that square box, there's there's a product called the French Kiss. Yeah, I got Sweet it right talker. here. Okay, so so this product is a nice one. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it on to see if you can see this moving. Can you see that flicking? It looks like the Rolling Stones mouth, but it has like a little <laughs> tongue coming out. No teeth, just tongue. That's right. No teeth, just tongue. We like it like that. So what I recommend for people that are just starting off getting into sex toys is one thing is get get a small variety or know if you try one and maybe you don't like it, try another another time because it's, it's a new big category of pleasure. And it's kind of like you want to experiment to, to find what's right for you. Get something for you and for him or him and her or her and her, however it is, so that you both have something new to try. And that way it doesn't seem one-sided, especially if you have a guy that's intimidated. Get a men's toy that's something you can use on him with him and then a vibrator that you can use on yourself in front of him, for example, which men love to watch or you can even use on your own. But this It is amazing how much guys like to just watch. It's erotic. It's definitely erotic because men are visual creatures. You know, they just like, that's why the lingerie, that the hair, that the breasts and the cleavage, like it's all just, you know, just your appearance is a, is a nice thing that you can do for him and dressing up in that way. John, John's over here making funny faces at me. He's, he's, he comes, he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So this French kiss sweet talker is a great one. Um, there's also men's toys. There's this one called the arc wave. I didn't, I didn't send this to you, but this is, this looks not like a traditional toy, but it works. It's got this air pressure inside that actually works on the bottom of the penis. And there's an area called the frenulum, 
which is kind of on the underside where the helmet kind of meets to the top, there's a sensitive spot that's just like the clitoris. And so this product called the Arc Wave, it's this uh, new technology. It's very innovative, different than anything that's been out there. It actually works by having pulsating air pleasure right on his spot. And the men that have used it say it feels so extreme and different that they're comparing it to probably what a clitoral orgasm feels like. Pretty amazing. And then, and then there's this one that's pretty, I don't think, this is called a womanizer. It looks like a genie bottle. Mm-hmm. This little silicone circle tip goes right on the pleasure button. So if you're just holding it against yourself and it has a gentle air suction that almost feels like fellatio. Technology is amazing. Yeah. And this is the, this product has been innovative because there's nothing else like it. I've been doing this for 20 years, I think I mentioned, and this came out a few years ago and it gives women orgasms in 60 seconds. It's, it's that powerful right on the spot, so well designed. And for women who haven't been able to achieve orgasm or have difficulties getting there because they, they're still kind of too tense or they're up in their heads, this Womanizer product is just does, has done amazing things for a lot of women. It's like a lifesaver. I think guys have a hard time understanding why it is that women would have a hard time having an orgasm because it's so easy for guys in so mm-hmm. many cases. It's very different. Because for for one, and this is what I always like to tell guys, you know, women need foreplay. And it's not just because we like it and it feels good. It's because our bodies need to be warmed up to even match where they are in 30 seconds. Because like for men, they could just see something and they can be aroused. The wind blows, they're ready to go and it's on. But we don't work like that. We don't have that same animalistic behavior in our minds where we're just like procreate hot woman. So we, we, you know, so we need the touching, we need the kissing and a little cuddling and the gentle touching and the buildup so that we have the blood flow go down to our genitals, that we become engorged. We have the same erectile tissue in our genitals, just like the men do. And once, you know, 15, 20 minutes of kind of just playing and getting our bodies worked up and touching us, then we're kind of even with you and can enjoy ourselves and then achieve an orgasm if you're doing the techniques that she likes. So really that foreplay is really important. It's required almost. And that's why I think guys hate Valentine's Day so much because they just see it as a bunch of stupid romancy whatever. And it's like, we've been together for years. What do I got to romance you for? But it <laughs> all of that romantic stuff, the dinner, the candles, the wine, the music, like whatever it is, helps the woman's brain to do the things that you're talking about right now. That's right. And it's showing appreciation for her that you want to do those things that are going to make her feel good mentally. Because women, you know, the biggest sex organ we have is our brains. And so if you do those little things that are romantic or bring her her coffee in the morning on Valentine's Day, like run down to Starbucks and get her favorite coffee, those little acts of kindness go a long way. You know, it's not always the big expensive gifts and those kind of things. It's really the little things that show that you're thinking about her. And an easy way to get into Valentine's Day, if you're thinking about bringing a product, but you're not quite sure or you're a little intimidated, lubricant's perfect. Get a bottle of lube. You can touch each other with it. Mutual masturbation is a lot of fun. Touching each other at the same time, that the lost art of the the hands and and using. Um, And I'm talking about just massage, you know, like vulva massage, penis massage. You can really be sensual where you're not trying to get each other there to that arousal point of orgasm, but really just massage feels great to be touched. And and lastly, with um, 
with the Go Love CBD Lube, the CBD that's in here, what it what it does is it relaxes the body. So you may may not know this, but three out of four women experience painful intercourse at some point in their lives. I read that in some of the articles that I read uh, about you, and it shocked me that that mm-hmm. number was so high. It's huge. It's just not talked about like a lot of things, sadly. But when you think about it, it's women in menopause and everybody gets there at some point. Um, you produce less estrogen that creates vaginal dryness. You're not producing enough of your own natural lubrication that causes friction and pain. So that in itself right there is a reason to use lubricant so you can have comfort. Um, there's women that have endometriosis. One out of 10 is the number that they think. And there's a, there's dozens of others postpartum. You've got pelvic floor issues. Some women have spasms out of nowhere that they can't control and they're tense where they can't even use a tampon for example. Um, and then on top of that, women are, you know, have a lot going on in our minds. So what CBD does, and there's, it's very well studied, is it's an anti-inflammatory. So if you have any kind of inflammation and pain, which a lot of, there's a lot of genital pain from these conditions I was talking about, it helps reduce that, as well as arthritis and other things that are inflammation-based. And the other thing that CBD does is it's an anti-anxiety. So it kind of calms you down. It calms your mind down. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you don't get high, but if just think if you had a glass of wine and it relaxes you a little bit, it's kind of that, that kind of thing where it just relaxes you. You can be more calm and get into your body. So when you reduce pain, you might have create more comfort and can chill out your body and your mind and kind of just be a little more at ease. You can get into your sexual lives a little easier and it really helps people in that way. And before I let you go, when it comes to getting older and you talk about some of the concerns that women have, can we talk about how the ladies can handle their men getting older and how some of those stresses could affect? Because if if a guy's not functioning the way that he used to, and then all of a sudden there's embarrassment, and then all of a sudden there's issues for him that uh, emotional, mental issues of trying to have a healthy relationship and they might be embarrassed and not want to talk to their wife about it. Yeah. And there's plenty of pills at the gas station. You see these like late night infomercials about this stuff. Right. And that those are quick fixes and you want to try and get to the root cause always so you can fix the problem. But the first thing I would say is to approach each other with compassion and understanding. You know, if you know your guy, he's he's having issues. It's not the same in the bedroom. That is an ego, you know, a huge ego bust for a guy. So knowing that as a woman, approach your man with a lot of compassion and understanding and do your best to use words that aren't going to put him down or make him feel inadequate. But hey, let's try and work on this together. We're a team. You know, and you're probably, as a woman, probably facing your own stuff too. So what I would do first is go get some blood work done because a lot of times, just like women and we don't produce the same hormones anymore as we age, men are in the same category. They don't produce as as much testosterone. And that's the hormone that helps them with the erections and the arousal and, and feeling viral and, you know, ready to go. And so a lot of times you just get your hormone supplement if that's what you need and you could be totally fine. So you want to start by looking and seeing what's going on inside your body that could be causing it. And if you're okay get, getting a little supplements, which we kind of need in certain areas as we get old, then then do that, especially if that can help. Um, the other thing is there's products that you can use. There's a, um, there's a penis ring called Giddy, G-I-D-D-Y. 
I would look that up. And that is uh, made by doctors to help men who have ED, which is erectile dysfunction. And it actually, um, you use it, you wear it at the base and, it, and it's in the right shape for a penis. It actually helps contain the blood that gets inside and it helps you have stronger, longer lasting erections. So I would try products like that that can actually help and then switch it up in the bedroom. You know, may, maybe put on some adult entertainment that he hasn't seen in a long time or get some new lingerie and get out of the sweats. Like try some different things that might kind of help him out a little bit to kind of turn him on in ways that you haven't in a while. And if all else fails, Tom Sawyer from Rush. <laughs> there you go. Really loud. <laughs> really loud. <laughs> I, I put together a playlist for every episode and it's a companion piece to the podcast. And I am starting play that. I'm starting Dr. Sadie's sex playlist with Tom Sawyer from Rush. Right yeah, on. Absolutely. And then end it with some prints and we're good to go. Right? It's the soundtrack <laughs> yeah. for your Valentine's Day. Absolutely. <laughs> That's cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your candor and the way that you handle some of these difficult conversations with humor and compassion. I think especially with as difficult as this last year has been for people, mm -hmm. not only in the workplace, but in all of their personal relationships with their families and obviously their partners, everything is just so difficult that it, it, having a healthy sex life with somebody that you love could really alleviate a lot of the stresses and problems and other aspects of your life. So what you're talking about is just super important. Absolutely. Thank you. And it's worth it. It's worth it. It's, it's one of, it's one of the, the gifts of that God has given us is sex, food, and rock and roll, right? Right? <laughs> so, so it's worth it, especially now, like you were saying, that the goodness that we can have and that we do have get it and take it. All of the links for all of your social media pages and your website link and everything else that we talked about will be in the show notes of this podcast, along with the greatest sex playlist of all time. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. It's always great to talk to you. There she is, Dr. Sadie Allison. When Mike Shu hears episode 36 of the Mistress Carrie podcast, and he hears a sex expert talking about how sexy Rush's Tom Sawyer is, the world is literally going to end. In the show notes of this podcast are all of Dr. Sadie Allison's social media links and website links. Plus, the sexiest rock playlist ever, filled with the aforementioned Rush, plus Led Zeppelin and Prince. And once again, thanks to Digital Federal Credit Union at dcu.org and mistresscarry.com for sponsoring this week's episode. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss anything on the Mistress Carrie podcast, including the sit rep, which you can get every Monday through Friday that fills you in on all your rock news, music headlines, and industry info in less than five minutes. And if you don't mind, leave us a five-star review and a comment on this episode. And with Valentine's Day coming up, get a custom cameo video from me for the one you love. Just go to mistresscarry.com. All of the links for everything are up there. And don't forget to meet me for a cocktail in the war room live every Tuesday night at 8.30 on my Facebook page. The Mistress Carrie Podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. 
cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 